Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. We've got a great guest for you today as I'll be joined via Zoom by Hartford Athletic forward Rashawn Daly. The 25-year-old grew up in Connecticut after being born in Jamaica and went on to star at Quinnipiac. He's now getting the opportunity to play pro soccer in his home state. We'll talk about his journey to this point and discuss how this season has gone thus far with Hartford. Rashawn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm extremely grateful and excited to be here and have this conversation with y'all. Yeah, always great to have a, uh, a New England product here on the podcast. Um, with that being said, you're getting this rare opportunity to play, um, you know, pro soccer for uh, a team that's kind of right in the backyard of where you grew up. Um, you know, you spent some of your high school years in Hartford. Uh, what's this chance been like for you to play for Hartford? Um, it's been amazing. Um, right now I'm staying at home, so I have the support of my family um, physically here at least, and just being able to, you know, suit up on game day, uh, looking at the skyline of downtown and um, having my family, friends in the stands, it, it means everything to me. It's a great feeling. How much does that help the comfort level for you, you know, just having family around? I mean, I, I imagine that's one of the harder parts of, of being a, an athlete is like, you know, moving away from your comfort zone and your family and what you're familiar with. So do you feel like that helps your play on the field, having that comfort zone there? I think it does. Um, having my family with me and just in the games give, gives me an extra boost, you know, to uh, perform in front of them and also just having that support system um, physically, like I was saying, when I was out in, Cincinnati, Memphis, um, even Ve Vegas was weird because that was when COVID was going on. So, you know, it's like you alone, um, everyone is quarantined. I had their support over the phone, over FaceTime and so forth. But being here now and actually having them here physically is has been great. Is Connecticut always a place that you envisioned you'd want to come back to? I mean, I, you know, you spent your, your college days in the state as well, but um, was it a state that you, you know, loved or maybe that's too strong of a roar, but enjoyed and always kind of wouldn't mind, wouldn't have minded living there long-term? Yeah, hundred percent. When I moved over from Jamaica, I came straight to Connecticut, um, spent more than half of my life here. Um, at that time, there wasn't a professional team here in the area, but I stayed in Connecticut for college. Um, I had opportunities to go away for college and decided to stay and, you know, as time progressed and Hartford Athletics came to Connecticut, um, it's always been the thing that I, I wanted to do at some point in my career. So I, b I believe you were selected 49th overall by FC Cincinnati, right? In the, in the MLS yeah. super draft. Um, you know, you've, you mentioned earlier, you've had these pro stops in, in Vegas and Memphis and, and Cincinnati. So you've been all over the country What's the pro soccer grind been like for you, just the, the overall journey? It's been a process of, hmm, just, I, th I think it's been a process of self-discovery. 
um, moving away from home into a brand new environment, uh, completely different than college, being on your own. You just, you know, the day-to-day grind of showing up, being professional, um, and just like on that quest to being the best player that you can be. I feel like during that quest, you also learn a lot about yourself, how you react to certain situations, how you show up, and how you control what you can. So for me, it's just been um, learning about myself and bettering myself each day. Does the process ever get frustrating? I mean, you you know, you you probably have visions of what you want your career to be. You're still a young guy, obviously. You're you're only only yeah. 25. But is the process frustrating with just what, what you have to do to get to where you want to be? Um, there are times of frustrations. Um, there, there's ups and downs. You know, there's times where, you know, you have to remind yourself of the process and of the journey and enjoy the journey to get over those frustrations. But I feel like that's a part of growth. Um you know, within anything you do, if you're trying to learn a new skill, there's that, or say you're writing a paper, there's that first couple of minutes or even hours when you sit down and you're trying to get your ideas out. And then finally something clicks and it starts to flow. So I feel like um, within the journey of, you know, like that quest of chasing my dreams, there's definitely moments like that, but you always just keep a bird's eye view of the bigger picture and that's how you get over those things and continue to go forward. Are you someone who enjoys the, the new experiences, the, the seeing other cities, the travel, you know, experiencing food in other cities. Is that something that you're into? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably the kind of the fun part of the job, right? Seeing all these places and getting there, getting to kind of see what the best food spots, what the best, everything, best uh, tourist spots, all those things. Yeah, definitely. And getting to experience different people, you know, soccer is a very diverse sport. You have people from all over the world, different walks of life, and just being able to experience them, hear about their experiences and their journeys. um, Those are all priceless things within the job. There's a quote on on your bio page uh, on the team's website from from Hartford coach Harry Watling. And um, he says, you know, in my short time in Connecticut, it's been clear how much talent there is in the state. Is that something that you can attest to? I mean, you're, you kind of grew up in those formative years playing soccer in Connecticut. What's the, the level of play like in that state? I think it's very high um, on all age groups, um, all levels. There's, there's a lot of talent, a lot of good players, um, whether they're in high school uh, looking to go into college or, you know, just young kids, um, 10, 12 years old, uh, trying to figure out if soccer is something they want to do. Um, I, I see it on all levels through uh, camps that I've been a part of, camps that I've run, um, friends that I have, or even just like pick up soccer. There's a lot of great players around here and a lot of talent. Now you, so you were born in Jamaica, and I think you, you mentioned to me off here, you came over to the United States when you were 10, is that correct? Yeah. So you, so you were in Jamaica. For, what was it like um, playing soccer those early childhood years in Jamaica? Um, it was just, it was just fun. Also, I, I wasn't a good player when I was a kid. I'll be <laughs> honest about that. Like, soccer was something that I loved because I always heard that my dad was a 
great soccer player from my community and played for the community team, went to the Jamaican Premier League with that team. But it was never something that I, you know, like I didn't really have that drive to get into like the local town team or like my school team. It was just something that I played with my friends whenever it was soccer season to speak. There's times where we did cricket, we just like did track or just like played tag, you know. So um, for me, my memories of that was just having fun and playing whenever we were we, we happened to be playing soccer. So you mentioned you humbly said you, you weren't a good player when you were when you were young. Uh, were you playing other sports as well growing up? I was. I was. I was in a little bit of everything. I was in soccer, cricket, um, track and field, just whatever games we picked up and were able to play as as kids. And when I say that, I'm talking maybe between five through eight years old, around around those, those ages. Sure. What What brought you to the U.S. Uh, from Jamaica? Um, my father. He lived here. And um, he would travel back and forth. Uh, that's how he met my mom. And then eventually he, you know, he filed for us and got, um, yeah, his kids over to America to get a better life. Was that something that you were nervous about as a kid? You know, leaving Jamaica, coming to the United States, leaving familiar surroundings? Or were you excited to, to come to, to the U.S.? A little bit of both. Yeah. Was it uh, what, getting accl- acclimated to, to the United States? Is that an easy process for you once you got here, though? Yes and no. I know, I know that's like a real vague answer, but there, you know, like when I moved over and I started elementary school, like right away, I didn't find it too hard, you know, to fit in and so forth. Like people kind of thought it was cool that I was from Jamaica, but mm. there's also the challenges of, you know, I'm supposed to be in fourth grade and now they're telling me that you got to go back to third grade. And, you know, that messes with your confidence a little bit. Like, why do I have to go back a grade and and so forth? So it's just like getting accustomed to those things brought for challenges. Sure. And is it how, you know, how soon after you arrived in the U.S. did soccer really become the love for you? I mean, when did you kind of turn that corner and become the player that you go on to be? Honestly, it was instantly. It, yeah, I I came over late March, and I remember um, not long before I came over to America, me and all my friends and my brother was in my yard in Jamaica, and we all learned how to do the, you know, whatever you call it, the Maradona yeah. spin. Or like the That's the move spin. everyone learns when they're a kid. That's the one everybody wants to get to know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, like, all my friends were doing it. I did it. I fell. Everyone was laughing or whatever. And I, like, made it a thing that, like, I'm going to get this down pack. I learned it. As soon as I came over to America now in the driveway and my dad is, like, cleaning up the yard or whatever, that's the first thing he saw that he saw me do. And, you know, already having that picture that my dad was, like, this great soccer player from our community, everybody talked about it. And he's, like... Like basically, like he said it in Patwa and Jamaican, but like he basically was like, "Oh, like that's what you have. Like you could do that," and that just like gave me like a confidence and like a love for the game, really. Now, outside of uh, high school soccer, did you play any club soccer for any any Connecticut-based clubs or anything growing up? I did. I played for a few. I played for um, FSA. Uh, spent most of my time at CFC. 
and a little bit of time up in uh, Western Mass Junior Pioneers as well. Nice. And how in, how important was that quality of soccer in your development? Obviously, it's like supplemental to the high school games. So you're, you're, I know I've talked to so many players who play club and high school, and their roles are often different in, in on both teams. So, how did the club game really, you know, elevate your your skill set? I think it brought a lot of structure to my game. Um, you know, like playing town soccer, it's like you just get the ball, you dribble like you're a superstar on your team. <laughs> but, uh, going to the club now, it's more. You know, tactics, they teach you more position-based soccer. And, yeah, that brought a lot of structure to my game. Where else were you considering when it came time to choose uh, your, your college destination? You all obviously ultimately chose Quinnipiac, but were you considering any other schools? I was, but the thing is I chose Quinnipiac very early within my college process. So, you know, I had offers from um, Central State, uh, Central in Connecticut, uh, University of Hartford. Um, you know, there was a lot of teams that were sending emails that was expressing their interests, like Michigan State, uh, the Spartans, Georgetown, Boston College. But I never got deep into conversations with them to the point where there was an offer on the table because I had already committed to Quinnipiac. What, what ultimately stuck out to you about the program when you decided on it? Uh, so both of the coaches that was there, um, Eric DaCosta, he's still there. And yeah. then Graciano Brito, he was the assistant. They coached me during club soccer. And, you know, like working with them, my game took off a, a big jump. So being able to go to college and continue with them was really important for me. You obviously had a, a great career at QU. I think, I believe, three-time All-MAAC performer. Um goal scorer, facilitator, uh, you know, productive player. Were you, during that time frame at Quinnipiac, were you thinking pro soccer? Was that kind of always the plan for you in your head? Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking that since since I since I came to America, really, and that never changed all the way up through college. Right, right. Um, you know, Quinnipiac, obviously you mentioned some, some kind of heavy hitters, you know, schools like Michigan state and some kind of big time, big time programs. But I think one of the great things about soccer is I think you can get noticed, you know, if it's like something like it's even come that way in college basketball a little bit too, where you can go to a lot of schools now and get noticed to, to, you know, it doesn't matter where you are when you're at Quinnipiac. Was that, was it ever in your mind that, this isn't, you know, this is a lesser known program than some of the Big Ten schools or the ACCs. It might be harder to become a pro. Or were you, did you feel like you were doing enough to get noticed? Um, it did cross my mind. Uh, there's times when I consider transferring, actually. And um, just because, like, I've heard that, yeah, you need to be at an ACC school or this conference or this school to get seen. And I just, you know, had a lot of voices in my head. Yeah people giving you advice from wherever but ultimately I, I just believed really like you know I started getting opportunities with the Jamaica on the 20 national team and saw saw like myself against those players some of those players who had signed professional contracts and I was like I, I can do this I just need to be seen or whatever the case may be and this might sound cheesy but I literally like like in the offseason in college 
um, contemplating all these things, I like wrote down, like basically making a promise to myself that like, I'm going to stay at Quinnipiac and I'm going to be uh, a player from Quinnipiac to get drafted. And, you know, I just worked towards that and thankfully it came through. I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think that's actually pragmatic and, and smart to do. You know, you'll see it, it's really gotten crazy right now with the transfer portal in college in college sports and in all sports. You know, kids kind of bolting for, for greener pastures if things maybe aren't going the way they want or they think they're, you know, maybe chasing more exposure. But you stayed where you were and saw it through and had a great career, so what advice would you give to kids who are like, you know, contemplating transfer? I mean, obviously transferring is a great decision for some kids, but like what, what advice do you give to kids about trying to kind of stick it out and stay where they are? I would say, um, I, I would tell them that it is in their control ultimately, because my thing is if like where I see the, rather like take stats out of it and saying kids from here go pro or whatever the case may be, where I see the differences, if you're at a school in an environment where not many players want to go pro, so maybe all your teammates are out partying every weekend, drinking during the week, before games and so forth, and then you become a product of that environment, you probably won't go pro. But if you're in control of yourself and you know, like you have a big imagination, you keep dreaming, and regardless of what environment you're in, you know that you're going to control yourself to do the right things and be prepared for when the opportunity comes, I wholeheartedly believe that you will get what's yours. New England's Soccer Journal's The Goal will return after this. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. What does it take to become a champion? Teamwork, talent, grit, and above all, opportunity. Husak Elite Soccer has all that and more. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Husak School is located in beautiful Husak, New York, right on the edge of New England. And Husak students don't just dominate on the field, they dominate in the classroom. Students at Husak benefit from a rigorous academic program, expert instruction from an amazing faculty and staff, fine and performing arts, championship athletics, and the once-in-a-lifetime experience that comes from a student body of over 200 students from more than 40 different countries. Soccer teams practice. Elite soccer teams train. Husak Elite Soccer. Isn't it time you went from good to elite? more information, check out HUSAC.org. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage 
on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. What was your favorite part about attending Quinnipiac? I'd say game days. Yeah. Yeah, like I I had like my family at games. Um friends would come down and watch and yeah, like I, I really love the game days. Those those are fun. Yeah, I was going to say that must be a great advantage to have family so close to where you play where they can just get out and see you actually perform, which is which yeah. is great for any for any athlete. Um want to turn things over back back to Hartford uh this season. Obviously, you guys got off to a, a tough start. I think you, you went the first seven matches without a victory. I think it was 0-6-1, but a lot of those matches were tight matches. I mean, I think they were one-goal games, a lot of them. Um, you're playing a lot better now this season. What kind of mentality did, did you keep during the team struggles early on in the season? Um, we just had to keep believing. You know, we we know as a collective, the work that we come in and do every day and also individually in terms of taking care of our bodies, preparing mentally and so forth. So as a team, I felt like we just had to keep believing that, you know, it it will bounce our way and wins will come and, you know, and, and turn the season around, which it's still early in the season right now. And that's something that we are still continuing to do is just believing in our process. What was the um, like entire temperature in the locker room there? Did most of the guys on the team, were they staying pretty optimistic? I mean, the beauty of it is it was the start of the season, so you hope to be playing better soccer as the season progresses anyways, but were most of the guys pretty positive during, during the early struggles? Yeah. Like, um, like I said, um, you know, our gaffer, he does a good job of, you know, like preparing us and showing us film from the games uh, before even the games that we lost, like what we could have done better, what we did well. So I felt like, you know, the guys all knew that we have quality in the locker room and and that we, we can win games and be a playoff team, be a championship team in the USL. So we just try to keep our focus on that and show up every day, be professionals and go out there to win games. What's it like playing for Harry and, um, you know, how do you kind of see your role on the team? I think he brings a lot of experience from overseas and working with big players in the past. Um, He does a pretty good job of helping players grow within their game. And, you know, like whether that's watching video together or little tweaks here and there or advice or open conversation. And um, what was the second part of your question again? Oh, it's just kind of asking you how you see your role on the team. What are the, the main things that you try to bring to the table? Um, well, first off, to score goals. And, um, you know, just being a leading force of energy from the front, from the front line. That's our first line of defense. So I take pride in trying to win back the ball up high, protecting our midfielders. And, yeah, just... Um, doing whatever the team 
the uh, the team needs for a win. I've always been a team player, and I pride myself on that. How would you describe the level of play within the league? Is it um, has it been is it is it challenging on a game to game basis? I mean, is it uh, these are really really top level players? I mean that that are pros. So what's kind of the the level of of play that you're getting every day? It's a high level, you know, everyone in the league is professionals and they're working hard every day, showing up to compete. So it's a, it's a high level. What's your, your game day approach? I mean, are there any, um, any meals you like to have before a game, anything you, you like to make sure you do the night before a game? Definitely. Um, I, I'm, I'm a routine kind of guy, so I, I like to have my routine um, nights before games, day of even for training. Like I, I, I like to have my routines. Yeah. Do the guys on the team? Do they come to you for uh, for like restaurant advice or anything? They know you're from the area. Do they come to you for barber advice? Anything like that? Um, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's what? What are kind of like the you know Hartford well, obviously. What are like the underrated things about the city that maybe uh, you know people may not know about Hartford? What's what's kind of some great things about the city? Uh, first off, I think the people, um, people, people are great. Uh, if you really look for it, I think there's a good sense of community, and yeah, just um, even the other day, my brother he. He went to, um, I believe it was Florida for a little vacation, and he was saying that he thinks like, like Connecticut has the best food. He's a big food guy. <laughs> wow! And yeah, I, I was surprised when he said that because like that's not what you think of when you hear <laughs> Connecticut, you know. But if you really look, there's a lot of good spots out there. Well, Hartford's got um, they got the Frank Pepe. Is that Hartford or New Haven that is Frank Pepe Pizza? I think it's New Haven. New Haven. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I mean that's not super far from Hartford, but I, I will admit that that is some great pizza, but uh, what are, I mean, that's high praise to say Connecticut's got the best food. What's he, is he pointing at any specific type of food when he says that? Or what's, what do you think is like the best food in the city? Best food in the city. My mom's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked because I actually, my, my sister lives down in Connecticut. She lives actually kind of in the New Haven area. So I'm down there frequently. So I'm always looking for recommendations. Aside from your mom's well, cooking, what, 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 can you, what can you give me? Well, it depends what you're looking for. If you go to, like, say, for example, you're looking for Jamaican food. You know, there's a lot of great Jamaican spots in, in Hartford, off Main Street, off Albany Avenue, Um if you're looking for vegan Jamaican food, there's Fire and Spice, uh, Lion's Den, that's pretty good. Um, Russell's, that's a more popular one that, you know, they just actually opened a spot in Wasarford as well. So wow. it really depends what you're looking for. That's is there is there a high uh, Jamaican population within the city? Yeah. There is. Wow, I didn't know that. So that, I mean, they must there must be some great spots there then. Yeah. That's awesome. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite Jamaican meal? Ooh. I would say curry chicken with white rice and some plantains on the side. That sounds awesome. And that that's and obviously your mom makes it the best, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even if she didn't, I don't know if you'd admit on a podcast that she didn't. So you gotta I'm actually so serious though. Like I love curry chicken. That's my favorite food, but when mommy makes it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it, man. I got to hit some of these spots next time I'm down. Maybe I'll just show up at your house for a meal next time I'm down in the area. Hey, <laughs> hey I'll, I'll let her know when you're coming. <laughs> so now the seasons, you know, we're still early in the season here, relatively speaking. What are, what are the goals, your personal goals um, for the rest of the way here? Uh, my personal goals is one to continue to grow and develop as a player, um, becoming better every single day, um, scoring goals every time I get on the pitch, and helping the team to win games. Do you get just as much satisfaction from scoring a goal as as, as a great pass that leads to a goal? Yes, yes, it, it's definitely different yeah. different feelings. I you sensed, know that I, sensed like, it, I sensed you don't really know that. I think you like to score goals. Yeah, like it's because like one when you hit that ball and you see it hit the net, like the emotions that come out of that is just it's, it's a different, you know, it's a, it's a different feeling. But um, making the right selfless run or having an assist that leads to a goal is, you know, great, great feelings. Right. But you, I mean, you've always had you have that goal scorers mentality, although you, you had a bunch of assists in your college career. But you're you're also what you're six two. Right. Is that correct? So you, yeah. I mean, you're you're a weapon in the air. I get to imagine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a part of my game that, you know, I'm I'm taller than a lot of guys out there athletics. So I definitely um try to use that to my advantage. Right, right. And in terms of of the team's fortunes, do you feel like you guys um have what you need on the roster and have what you need on the team to to change the fortunes around and have a have a good summer here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Rashawn, I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time today. This is a great conversation, especially the part about the food. That's always where my mind wanders, so that, that, was, that was the best part. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you guys for having me. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, and best of luck the rest of the season. We'll be, we'll be watching you. Thank you. appreciate it. Thanks again to Rashawn Daly for joining the podcast and engaging in a great conversation with us. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.